Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hi everybody and welcome to History Dweebs. My name's Brandy, and with me today is Charles. It's a special edition of History. It's History Dweeb's Gone Wild today, Devil. It is. I'm so excited. Timmy is in uh, Europe somewhere gallivanting and left us alone with the computer and the microphone. He's somewhere, and not with a good computer. We're using a different one, so if you sound a little... But we'll try to fix the sound quality. But anyway, Timmy's gallivanting in the south of France. Probably mispronouncing words over there, eating wine and cheese. No, I doubt he's eating, drinking wine or eating cheese. But, you know, it doesn't do him really any good to go over there because he's a never-nude. He is a never-nude. So, you know, he's on the he's on the uh, nude beach in his cut-off shorts. You know, while he's not here, I think we should take some time to reflect on Timmy. Well, I... Because Timmy likes to give his opinions on us. I'm excited. And just FYI, I will be possibly eating Pop-Tarts throughout the drink. Goddamn right. I'm... And if I had popcorn, goddammit. Hold on. Hold on, though. Are you going to vape? Thank you. There we go. And if I had popcorn, I'd be eating that shit, too. Goddamn right we would. Goddamn right. And so Timmy's coming back to a new show. Oh, absolutely a new yeah. show. We got contracts. <laughs> we got agreements in place. We're represented by the union now, we, Devil. We we did. We unionized. Mm-hmm. It was very exciting. Chuck burned his bra. Can you feel the deal. tension being gone in this room? Tension's gone. It's yeah. melted away. What The thing was, what I realized, Devil, is Timmy plays us against one another. He does. And We're I natural allies, hard. really. We are. Yeah. We are natural allies. We're like the crocodile that bird that picks the food out of his teeth. Yeah. Timmy's the is. one causing all the strife Timmy's in this the show. poacher. He is the poacher. Ass wipe. Yeah. I hope, I hope he gets detained. Oh, he should get detained for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Of course, he's not coming back from Asia. That's when they really detain him. He needs a... Every time. Timmy's trip, next trip needs to be to North Korea. <laughs> he'd, he'd do a better job at negotiation. So, what we're going to do today, we have a special episode today... But tell us about your life so far, Devil. Well, so we had we had Noah's birthday party, so that was exciting. You did a I'm zipping job. my zipper, I'm sorry. That's disturbing, and I was trying not to look. We had that. Jacob graduated. No take-backs. He got his diploma. He got his diploma. Again, no take-backs. Yep. So we're very, very pumped about that. And then while I was trying to get my son, my seven-year-old son ready this morning, he informed me that he had stamped... 
uh, the face of a monkey on his wiener. Is it a big monkey? No, it's just a little monkey face. You know, I'm thinking about getting a tattoo. I'm just thinking about getting a tattoo on there. Like a barber pole. I thought maybe you were going to get a you know, tramp stamp. Well, I am going to get maybe a new tattoo this weekend because uh, she is out of town. She left me sure. alone. Mm-hmm. Because so my son is moving into a studio apartment in Chicago, which is, I think, 16 square feet. Sure. So she help, has to help him decorate it, of course. Of course. Because so. boys are all into decorating. Right. Yeah. So that's so I'm all alone. Are you getting a tramp stamp? That's all I want to know. I might. Skull and, like skull and crossbones mm-hmm. and a hawk in the middle. Hawk and it says born, maybe born to kill, devil. Oh, that's or just that born to be wild. That born to be wild. Excellent. No, that's cheesy. Born to kill? Born to with kill. the skull? Yeah. With some fangs on the skull? With fangs on the hawk. Fangs on the hawk, yeah. Come on. Uh, oh, you know, the hawk has to have a decapitated salmon on it. You think? Mm-hmm. You know what you should do is take that picture of the hawk that had the fox that had the rabbit in its mouth. Yeah. Put that on That's there. That's the food chain. Oh, it's absolutely the There's food chain. There's a whole ecosystem With right you at there. the top. With me at the top, yeah. Clearly. Clearly. So that's what's going on in my life. And clearly we've moved on to what's going on in your life. You're getting a new tattoo. I'm getting a new tattoo. Might buy a new car. Look at you. You're not going to buy a new car, but you probably will. But I tattoo. would do it if I wanted to. Well. I mean, clearly. Yeah. Clearly. Because I'm the boss this weekend. Because you are the boss this weekend, yes. Yeah. Well, are. I do have the dog, so. So, you're not really the boss no, this weekend. No, not really. At all. Not at all. So, but that's okay. But that's okay, Chuck. You have. I feel good about myself. You should. Okay. It, it just feels good to come in. You know what feels good to come in here? And not be bossed around. Because I'll tell you what happens. Now, you know every show. He's in your office. Mm-hmm. All up in your junk. Uh-huh. You know. I'm getting ready for the show. I got. Go get Chuck. I'm re- telling him I'm ready. Then I come down Trailer. here. Now, this is what I can't explain. For the life of me, devil. Hit me. The son bitch can text in 48 languages, but he can't figure out GarageBand. We've done over 200 episodes, and he can't figure out how to set up three tracks every time I come in here. We should be in syndication. We should be. We're, we're bigger than the Cosby Show. Why don't you... Why don't you talk to our agent about that? Yeah. And here's another thing. This is disturbing to me. Morgan Freeman. I can't talk about it. I'm just saying he's innocent. I can't talk about it. I don't know what he did, but I don't want to have be guilt by association. Sure, because you and Because Morgan most people Freeman think that I'm Morgan Freeman on the thing. They I don't, don't like they it. I don't think that really at all. So, but... So we're gonna get into we're gonna get into a story. Yeah, see when Timmy's here it drags on. We don't get into the story. Mm-hmm. There's way too much banner. We are gonna get into the story. Uh this is a story that Chuck hand selected. I did. Wrote the script myself. Us. Not so much wrote the script as you know, whatever, but he uh but Chuck has hand selected this. We're gonna do it a little bit different. And um we hope you guys like it. We told you we'd put something out when Timmy was gone and we've been trying, but you know, Unlike Timmy, we have to do actual work at our Exactly. Jobs. We're yeah. busy people. We're busy people. Oh, you know what we forgot to tell people? What? This is a fucking adult show. It is an adult show. Yeah, so well, if It that, wasn't until now. Well, right. So if it bothers you... Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out. Hit the fucking road. Yes. So, um, 
Anyway, so would you like to get started on this? Actually, you got to... You no, got I know. To, I'm just yeah. saying, would you like to... Would you care to get started so that we can... Well, this is about... Uh, this is about the boy who played with matches, devil. Well, I'm sure I have one of those. Yeah, well, we all do. Yeah. We all, all do. right. So, we're going to set the scene here. Washington County is the home of Beaverton, one of the largest <laughs> cities <laughs> in Oregon. It is also one of the largest agricultural counties in the state. Many Mexican immigrants settle in Washington County because of the agricultural jobs that are made available there. Natives of the Mexican state Michoacan uh, particularly are attracted to Oregon. Michoacanos stick together and often cluster together in neighborhoods and apartment complexes. One such apartment was Oakwood Park Apartments. Many of the tenants were Mexican immigrants from, is it Michoacan? Michoacan. Okay. Oakwood Park was the type of building that catered to working or unemployed families and immigrants. In June of 1996, at the height of the agricultural season, many of the apartments in Oakwood Park were overcrowded with visiting fam family and friends. On the night of June 28, 1996, the residents of the Oakwood Park were awakened by cries of fire, fuego. Crystal Hopper, 22, had just gone to sleep and was awakened because her room was so hot shortly after 1 a.m. My boyfriend looked out the window and said, who the hell's barbecuing at 1 in the morning? Well, That's a crazy thing to ask anyway. Well, that and, you know, if they were a white woman would have called the police on them. <laughs> exactly. Some old lady would have been. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then he screamed, fire, fire. The building, of course, had no sprinkler system, although building codes in Aloha, where it was located, required that multifamily dwellings of three or more stories had to have a fire sprinkler installed. Clearly, that did not happen. Many builders got around this law like they did with Oakwood Park. The three-story building had an earthen berm erected. They <laughs> <laughs> yeah, erected. Yeah. They erected that. Around the first floor... Uh, which was renamed the basement. The building was then described as a two-story building and not required to have a sprinkler system. Ah, see, sneaky fuckers. Fire investigators found that only one of the 12 apartments in the building had working smoke alarms. The hand-pulled fire alarms located in the stairwell were impossible for tenants to reach because the fire was started in the stairwell. After, investigators found that nothing happened when the alarms were pulled. Benicio Luna, 25, found out about the fire alarms the hard way. Running from the third floor apartment of his friends, the Algiers, Algiers, sorry, eh. he pulled, I know, I know. Tomato, tomato. You know what, it's Friday before a long weekend. Uh, he pulled the fire alarm and nothing happened. Eh, safety first. A dozen people were injured with burns and broken bones from jumping out windows and off of balconies. The fire started on the second floor and engulfed the stairwell in flames in seconds, leaving the apartments on the upper, where the upper level would have been, like going down a chimney, like opening the door on the side of a chimney and trying to go in, said Tim Burr, spokesman for Tolutan Valley Fire and Rescue. Hmm. Patrice, yeah. what? Hit me. Do you remember those outside fire department thing? The, the fire alarms that yeah. they used to have outside the boxes. Mm -hmm. With the, you open them up, the little brass mm -hmm. lever you could mm -hmm. pull down to get mm -hmm. the fire department. 
Yeah? You haven't, you haven't pulled those? No. I didn't either. It's before my time. Oh, you're just like asking for a friend? Just, yeah, asking for a friend. Yeah. But you know what they used to put on those? Before my time. What? They used to Peanut look, butter. No, little phosphorescent paint. No, so they could see. So they it. could put a black light on your hands. Tricky, tricky. Well, no, not if you, What I've heard is if you use your shirt, somebody else... Then you it's know, on your shirt. Or a leaf. Something like that. To put it down. Yeah, you. I mean, you'd never be stupid enough to just touch it. Well, I, okay. So, Patricio Alkirar, Al- Al- hmm, who lived in apartment 36 on the third floor, awoke to a smoke-filled bedroom. His, okay, here we go. So, Patricio's 36, awoke to a fire, a smoke-filled bedroom. His 16-year-old wife, Francesca. Oh, how old was he? 36. I don't think I like the sound of this. Clutched their three-month-old baby and ran in panic circles, screaming, we're gonna die. Patricia ran to his front door, but when he opened it, flames threatened his apartment. He slammed the door and ran back to the bedroom. Well, Arceli and Nicholas Chavez, friends staying with Aguilar, jumped from the bedroom window. Smart. Both were injured, but their three-month-old daughter, Selena, died. Oh. Now, Patricio took his little girl from his wife and stood at the window trying to decide what to do. Now, don't seem like much of a decision when the flames are closing in on your ass. But his childhood friend, Alberto, who just escaped from his own apartment, stood below the window and yelled that he would catch the child. Patricio looked behind him, could not see his wife in the smoke-filled room, with a prayer, he threw his daughter from the window. His friend, also with a prayer, caught the infant, and it survived. He's a hero. He is a hero. Tricio went back for his wife, uh, tripped her, knocked her down, and, well, it doesn't really say that, but that's what I'm guessing. He was, says he was unable to find her. I'm oh. not too certain about that one. But anyway, he jumped out and he had some burns and stuff. He said he left did not... His, left the 16-year-old there to Left the 16-year-old on her own. Next door... She was probably trying to find herself up. There were people that did not awaken in time, Devil. And they were uh, five people. Why did you pick this story? Virginia and her four children. I don't know. It was just... It was a shorter one. Now, firefighters from Pulatin Valley... The largest fire district in the state described a hellish scene, Devil. Doug Snader, a firefighter who arrived on the scene with the first two fire trucks, said you couldn't stand up because the heat was so intense. He said he had to keep moving as the fire burned through his shoes and the sleeves of his coat. That's a hot-ass fire. Yeah, it is. When the protective mask he wore began to warp from the heat, he was forced back. Now, the neighborhood, it was a a low-income class, or low-income working class. Mm-hmm. Um, it had been flooded as ice from a winter storm melted the year before. So they had no no luck there. Um, but the fire hydrant devil had not been inspected since that freeze, since so 1991. And I, the hydrant burst as they tried to put hoses on it. So that's one of those things like, what more? It reminds me of that Steve Martin film. You know, Which one? The Cyrano. Where he goes, Roxanne. He's got the. It's called Roxanne. Is that what it is? Yes. Okay. When he says, "God damn it, God damn it," you know what my dream is? My dream is whenever there's a fire here, the first thing people say is, 
whatever you do, don't call the fire department. That's I like the, what this was. All right. It's like the Keystone cops trying to put out a fire. Well, it's fire hydrant. This doesn't person. appear to be their fault. No, but they could have. They, they could have checked it. Well, and it was it was a it was a pretty hellish scene. So, fire investigators, and of course, you got the death of four children, right? Right. Well, fire investigators said it was arson, and they found an accelerant accelerant at one spot in the stairwell. They all said it was the worst possible kind of arson. Is there really a good kind of arson, Devil? No. Is there a good kind of arson? Mm. The time for insurance. Oh, that's good, yeah. Oh, I could do that this weekend, Devil. Could burn down the house. Burn that whole son bitch down. Mm-hmm. Burn it down. Yeah, because she wants she wants stuff cleaned, yeah. stuff done. I could just catch some bitch on fire. Burn it down. Make sure that you're asleep. I think I though. would. Make sure you're asleep. That's a, you know what I don't get? And in it, what? Stephen Potts. Stephen Potts said in a post the other day, five of the most venomous snakes in the world I saw within like a hundred yards of my house in the last couple months. You should burn the whole goddamn city down. Oh, no, yeah. You burn you burn that yeah. shit down. Yeah. You, what they should do is take all the people of Australia, put them out on boats for a while, and nuke that whole goddamn country. Get rid of those snakes. Get rid of those spiders. Get rid of everything. But they're used to it. I, how do you get used to that? I guess if you grow up with it. Casey had snakes at his house, ripped out all of his front bushes, all the front everything, because he found snakes in there. Yeah. And then he had to get under his house for something, and one like dropped down right in front of him. Oh, see, that would cause me a pass out. The beauty of it, yeah, the beauty of it is he ran in and got his wife. Well, of course, who yeah. Then, who then had no problem going in under the house yeah. and getting whatever she needed done. I was just sitting on the deck one night, minding my own business, and the dog comes up to me and flipped the snake right in my lap. Nope, I'd pass out. I flipped I'd over on my dog. lawn chair. Yeah, the snake looked at me like, was he was right in my lap, and he was looking at me like, I don't want to be here. I was like, I don't want you here. And he just, I flipped over. I was nope. jumping up and down, tripped over my lawn chair, trying to run away. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, and I'm not a cowardly man, devil. No, but snakes will make kill, me cowardly. Kill the dog, burn <laughs> down the house. <laughs> exactly. Well, they offered a five hundred thousand. They offered a five thousand okay. dollar reward for information. Spit it out, Timmy. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I know. Yeah, uh, it was. There was looking. There was a will on the heel. Ah, <laughs> that's our that's our homage to Timmy. And Timmy, we know An you're homage. listening, and we know you're criticizing. So here's, we got something for you. Fuck you, Timmy. Suck it. Yeah. Suck it, Trebek. I hope you're over and, well, never mind. I don't want anything bad to happen to him, but I don't want any, a lot of good stuff happening to him either. I love that there's a rail strike while he's over there. <laughs> I know he's got to walk. But you know, that some bitch can walk forever. I know. He'll, He'll probably, walk from Berlin to Madrid. He don't oh, care. Yeah, he don't give a damn. He'll scoot. He'll <laughs> <Anyway. laughs> shuffle. All right. So rumors swirled around the community. Some said, that a man was seen fleeing the scene in tears right before the fire broke out. They speculated that he was getting revenge for some slight and the fire had gotten out of control. Sometimes tenants that were evicted from the building had slashed tires or sprayed uh, graffiti. Uh, It was not unthinkable that someone like that might have set a fire. Some of the young mothers in the building said that the dryer in the laundry room on the first floor had been smoking for days and may have caught fire. Smoking Marlboros. Yeah. Just sitting, Just sitting down, down there, there smoking, smoking probably drinking Cokes and throwing empty cans around. Or that, what's that 
Pabst Blue Ribbon. Yeah. Yeah. They're smoking Lucky Stripes Maybe. and drinking Stripes. Red Strike beer. Lucky Strikes. Lucky Strikes cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel like, yeah, they're probably drinking something douchey like Zima. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. (laughs) Michael Eastlick. Michael Eastlick, the manager of the Oakwood Park Apartments, was too overcome with emotion to talk about the fire. Fuck you, Michael Eastlick. You're the manager of this goddamn place, and you didn't fucking think to have the fucking fire alarms checked or sprinklers done or... Well, he's right. What was that show that had the janitor with all the keys and... Scrubs? No, no, no. This was an old, old show. This was right when you would have been a little kid. Uh, Well, then I don't know. God damn it. It was uh, had Mackenzie Phillips in it. One day at a time? One day at a time. Yeah, Schneider. Schneider, yeah. This was Schneider walking around. No, you don't need no batteries and no smoke detectors. Yeah, he didn't check anything. Those are solar smoke detectors, yeah. Yeah, overcome with emotion to talk. Fuck you, Michael. Mm Mm-hmm. He said that the Algiers were good people. Whatever. Uh, Jeremias was the building's mechanic. Anyone with a car problem went to Jeremias, and he would help. Virginia ran a daycare center in her apartment and was the substitute mother for most of the children who lived there. Eastlick didn't think of it right away, but soon he would remember that there had been problems with fire in the building. He didn't think of it right away... Hmm, there have been some fires. It didn't occur to me. Yeah, now that you mention now it, that there might have about been it, a fire be, or two last there week. There could be a fucking connection yeah, there, Pat yeah, Come on, Columbo. <laughs> Jesus oh Christ. They uh, called in Sherlock Holmes for that one. Oh, my God. Scooby-Doo was on that <laughs> shit. In the last year, an 11-year-old boy, Ray DeFord, who lived with his mother and father in apartment 25, had been caught setting fires at least four times. None of these incidents were ever reported to the police. You think they got a suspect? Well, I hold on. I think they have a psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Ray DeFord uh, had a reputation as a bully and an outcast at Oakwood Park. His parents, Tom Martin, forty-six, and Caroline DeFord, Carolyn DeFord, forty-nine, were disabled and eked out their social security checks. Uh, they collected cans and bottles from the garbage. They were looked down on by other tenants in the building, and Ray was thought to be a troublemaker because the motherfucker kept setting goddamn fire. In this ambitious level. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. years old. Nothing says troublemaker like, like a fire setter. Fires. Yeah. Yeah. If you're setting fires or killing cats. Here's the thing. Unless you're accidentally doing it with your mind. Right. You right. got, there's no reason. Yeah. Right. Um, DeFord was, uh, 
considered a hero by his family because he woke them up and guided them out of their bedroom window through the fire. Soon called attention to himself. First, he bragged to the police that he knew about the fire. Uh, Then he pulled the fire alarm in the hallway of the Ramada Inn where the survivors of the fire were staying. No, there you go. So not only is he a fire star, he's a little punk ass yeah. bitch. Motherfucker well, just won't let stuff go. On July second, uh, nineteen ninety six, Ray Martin DeFord, eleven, confessed to starting the fire. He said he was experimenting with matches and alcohol in the stairwell when he accidentally set some newspapers on fire. When he lost control of the flames, he woke his parents and guided them to safety. Ray DeFord would be charged with negligent homicide. He would become Oregon's youngest convicted murderer. Hmm. So let's talk about good old Ray here. Yeah. Uh, when Ray Martin DeFord was one and a half years old, his father hit him over the head with a clipboard because he wouldn't stop crying. Well, look, and so that's going to stop it. We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. But let's let's admit yeah. we've all been there we've with our kids. Yeah. And you know, a clipboard, you don't expect it to do that much damage. Uh no, you don't. And it depends on how I mean if he broke it over his head, then that's a different story. Yeah. Uh doctors later testified that this injury caused the brain damage that caused DeFord's um learning disabilities and aggravated his behavioral problems. Ray's uh, problems started with his father, Tom Martin, a.k.a. DeFord. Yeah, not, not De Pontiac. De Pontiac, not the, not the Chevy. Nope. Tom Martin was a self-proclaimed drifter, devil. Self-proclaimed, self-proclaimed. drifter? Yeah, much like I'm a self-proclaimed colonel. <laughs> I guess. These <laughs> walk around, I'm a drifter. drifter. He was a drifter. I'm a drifter. 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 Don't drifter. have to do that, I'm a drifter. <laughs> I'm, yeah. Not paying taxes, drifter. <laughs> drifter. And okay, speaking of tattoos, can't arrest me, drifter. He was a drug user with a needle and a spoon tattooed on his arm. Uh, Yeah, no, a guy like that screams innocence. Does it surprise you that he was arrested for robbery? Nope. Uh, He blamed the crime stealing a car from someone who stopped to pick up a hitchhike on a friend, of course, because you you always have that friend with you. You know, this steals the car. Oh, it's like, it wasn't me. I had a friend. He took and the car. And they're in Canada by the time <laughs> exactly. he's up to you. Um, but anyway, he claimed he was just riding, you know, and I didn't. Now, he's from Texas. Wait a minute, wait a minute. So he was riding along saving nuns in this, right, yeah. in this hitchhiker's well, car. Well, he was donating blood, doing right. things like that. He reading, was going to the soup kitchen. Reading to Stevie Wonder. Doing <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Drifter. Yeah, drifter. Drifter. I'm going to get that tattooed on my arm. Drifter. drifter. When people, when the police ask me for ID, needle in the spoon. No, I'm gonna get drifter. When the people ask me for ID, I'm just gonna sit, put them on drifter. Needle needle in the spoon. Because let me tell you something. Have you ever seen those dumb fuckers that uh, have like a big pot leaf? uh, Yeah. On the back of their car. Yeah, that's no reason to get pulled over. Yeah, nothing says pull my ass over like that. Yeah. Or you know, the license plate that says tits drunk or you know Mm -hmm. whatever. Nothing. Nothing is going to say arrest me like seeing a guy with a needle and a spoon tattooed on his arm. Yeah. I mean. I always wondered about the pot. It's like. Nothing. Are you just asking the police to search your car? Nothing. Nothing says clean living. Like having a (laughs) spoon. Doesn't matter, Drifter. Drifter. I called it. I called Drifter. I called it. Dibs. Go ahead. Yeah. So. 
Now, he was a Texas native, Texas native, but he grew tired of the desert, as most people want to do, except for Abraham and his people who wandered it for 40 years. They, but I don't think you think they got tired of it at some point? I think they got tired of it. Yeah. At some point, point, don't you think they were just looking for some palm trees and stuff to sit under? I feel like at some point they were saying, you know, we're following this crazy motherfucker (laughs) around that just talked to a bush. Well, what I'm wondering is how many years, like for 40 years, if it would have been 50, how how long these people lived back then? Uh, Well, at least 40 years. Yeah. I mean, you know, some of them died, some of them, and then they... I, I'd like I, to put my Fitbit on some of those motherfuckers I right would there. assume that... You know they was getting 10,000 steps a day. Well, probably, but I would assume when one of them died, they just ate him. Yeah, that's what you'd have to do in the I desert. I think you'd have to. I mean, there's not going to be much meat. There's not... Yeah, you don't run into a lot of deer in the desert. But there's not going to be much meat on the bones there after 40 years wandering the desert. Yeah. No, you don't want to be the fat guy in the desert. And never mind the fact that... I mean, seriously, follow my fucking sign. How are you lost? Follow the fucking sign. You know, this happened to me. True story. Of course. Tanner has a play. His mom's going to it with her husband and Nana, their babysitter, and her husband. Wait and a minute. Tanner's mom's going to it with or I'm her sorry. husband? No, I'm sorry. Tanner's Renee's mother. Okay. So his grandmother and her best friend and the two husbands. Okay. They're in a car. They're a block away from the theater. It's up in Mason. Uh-huh. It's at Mason High School. Okay. And they're telling me they can't find it. And they're at this major intersection. Yes. And I sit, but you know, when people say I'm at the intersection of, Whatever. you know, A and B, well, which way are you facing? You know, because if you're facing one direction, you turn right. If you're facing another direction, you right. turn left. So I said, when you're facing east, now this is seven o'clock at night, seven o'clock at night, and they put me on a speakerphone. And I said, are you facing east or west? You're only a block away. And these two motherfuckers say to me, I don't know. Hold on, devil. Both of them served in Vietnam. Well, now that that is a big deal. And I said to him, do you see that big shiny motherfucker up in the sky? Yeah. Wherever it is, it's 7 p.m. That's west. How do you motherfuckers not know this? Why are you calling me? How is it that you some bitches spent... Four years in the army, and you don't know how to tell where you're at by the sun. But me, I wasn't even in the goddamn Boy Scouts, and, and I can it. tell it. So look at the sun. If you can see the goddamn sun, turn right. If you can't see the goddamn sun, turn left if it's at your back. Otherwise, just quit calling me. See, but I'm a person like that, though. I can't do north-south. I can't do that. What you're going to have to tell me is... Go to the McDonald's and make a ride. That's what I was saying. Where Are you looking at the Shell Station yeah. or are you beside the and Shell Station? And then you're going to go down to where, you know, Rusty had his party that one time where Karen got in a yeah. big fight. Well, and you'll go down there and make a lap. And then you know what? And then I know exactly where I'm motherfucking going. But if you look at me and go, you're going to go east for about 10 blocks and then we're going to fuck. Well, see, I was trying to be all military with you. You know what they did? They got mad at me, turned around, went home. Well, fuck you. Like, that was bothering me. That was just a vacation for me. That was a night I didn't have to fuck with him. Well. Well, anyway. So they wandered the desert. They did wander. I don't know how we got on to Abraham and his people. But anyway, abuse started early. Well, Moses, yeah. Okay. Abuse started early for Ray. 
Tom, who was partially paralyzed by a stroke, so he wasn't so much a drifter as a gimper. As a wheeler. Yeah, a roller. Yeah. A roller, yeah. Not even a high roller. Um, And he collected disability for himself and Caroline. Now, he was no no longer able to drive a car after that. And he toured around the neighborhood on a three-wheel bicycle collecting cans and bottles for recycling. He took a mark card everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Nothing says, oh, that's, that, yeah, that, that. That should not be your major mode of transportation. It should not. And if you're the kid, it's going to, you know, kind of cause you some problems at school. Because your dad's a guy going around picking up the cans. And a mark cart. And a mark cart, yeah. Which probably has the governor taken off of it and a big, huge flag hanging off the back. And you know he had one. You know he did. Oh, for sure. In his spare time, he liked to uh, watch pornography. As we all do. And smoke pot with his son and older teenage boys from the neighborhood. When he got bored or angry with Martin, with little Ray, he'd shoot him in the legs with a BB gun. Kids got to learn I guess. Dance. <laughs> Some bitch could dance like Michael Jackson by the time he was done. Wait a minute. So he's smoking pot when he's Watching porn. Watching porn and smoking and pot. And shooting his kid with a BB gun. With his 11-year-old. Yeah. And other yahoos from the neighborhood. Yeah. Now, witnesses saw... This is a guy that's got life by the ass. <laughs> Martin shoot Ray with BB guns when he was as young as six years old. Oh. But it's in fairness. In fairness. You got Nerf guns at the house. Yeah, but you ever was... plunked one in the forehead just out of, and you know it didn't hurt him, but you're thinking, I wish that would have knocked him on his ass. Well, first of all, I have plunked Noah with a Nerf gun once or twice, and that's a lot different than getting hit with a BB gun. Well, that's but true. But the other thing is, it also depends on your kid, because you know I can hit Noah in the arm, and all of a sudden he's oh yeah, you know, he's got to go to the, the urgent care. And, yeah, yeah, my neck and my back. Yeah. Well, my brother, we had one of those cross-pump BB guns. Remember those? Yeah. You could shoot the pellets and the... Uh-huh. I was just a wee little tyke. I was probably about 10, 11 years old. My brother called me in the living room. I walked in the living room. Some bitch shot me right in the stomach with a pellet. He must have pumped it up 800 times. Went into my stomach under the skin, about just, just enough under the skin. Right. And then went straight up about six inches. Like he didn't get the heart. I called my mother. And my mother beat my brother so goddamn bad, it was worth the shot. I would have taken 10 more shots to watch him get beat 10 more times like that. Did she dig it out herself? She did. There you go. She did. She got a needle, tweezers, cut it. And it was real crazy because it left a purple line. You know where it trail? Yeah, left trail. Scout trail? Yeah, I still got a scar from it. Of course you did. So anyway, we got got Gimpy running around here watching porn, doing whatever, you know, on the three-wheel bicycle. Piece of shit. Yeah. Yeah. And one neighbor said, look at his parents and you'll get the whole story, said Jed Derry, a neighbor at Oakwood. So wait a minute. Jed's the one. Jed's that neighbor. I wanted to gossip, so you didn't hear it from me. No, he but. was a teenager. But this kid's a teenager. He's like, look at these crazy motherfuckers. Of course he's crazy. The DeFords were not well-liked, strangely. Huh. That year, Carolyn was convicted of harassing a neighbor. It is, you know, you know, she was out there with a Fanta and vodka poured in it. Well, like cigarette hanging out. Nobody talks about my goddamn kid. Like, you know, one uh, of those. Where's my man? Yeah, where's my man? It wasn't my kid. It was your kid. So anyway, at 11, Ray was known as a bully. He owned a python named Satan and regularly chased and beat up kids as young as five. First of all. Aren't all pythons named Satan? <laughs> all pythons are Satan, whether you call them that or not. Now, he carried a knife for protection and often threatened children with a BB gun. 
Ray learned to blame others for his problems from his father. His parents were always there for him when he got into trouble, too. One time, he punched my son badly, said Raphael Contrera Vargas, whose children five and nine. I complained to his mother. She wouldn't say anything. She just laughed. Tom Martin taught his son important lessons, like how to make cyanide gas from bleach, detergent, and Coca-Cola, devil. Now, those, see, those are important life why skills. Why do you need the Boy Scouts? Those are important life yeah. skills. Well, teachers and other adults that came into contact with Ray, away from home, found him to be a caring boy eager to please. Uh, Lisa Mentasana, a reading coordinator at Barnes Elementary School who worked during the third grade with Ray and the Aguilar twins who died in the fire, said, I never saw the child that they weren't saying that he is. I never saw the child they're saying that he is. I never saw anything that would make me say that this child is mean. I think he was a little boy who needed lots of hugs and support, and I just feel so sad. Carol Pullen, the owner of Pet Circus, a pet store on the Tulatin Valley Highway, said that DeFord was an exuberant little kid who seemed to have a great interest in animals, and he cared about them very much. Do you think they have pet clowns at the pet circus? I bet they have stripeless zebras. Yeah, I don't even like those. Stripeless zebras, huge midgets. Yeah, zebras got really black peckers. Yeah, I mean, I they're coal black. Me. Yeah, I know you told me. All right, let's see. Uh, and let's see. She said that when Ray was shown respect, he gave respect and was very eager to please. Ray was ostracized at school because he was a slow learner who dressed in raggedy-ass, dirty clothes. Well, shit, yeah, his clothes were all full of holes from getting shot with BBs, and he was getting hit in the head all the time and kids would, sniffing cyanide gas. I know. Kids would run from him yelling Ray germs when he ap- approached. Academically and socially, Ray, 11, functioned on the level of a 7-year-old. Fire was a problem, as it tends to be. Tends to be with these old psychos. Ray set fire on the counter at the kitchen of his home. His parents didn't punish him or even make him stop. No, why would they? I don't don't know. It was for Micah. Yeah. At least five times, Ray set fires that could have gotten as badly out of control as his fatal fire. Hmm. In 1994, Ray set a fire in the recycling bin at the Oakwood Park. His neighbor, Raleigh Houck, said that his son came running into their apartment yelling, Fire! Houck used a fire extinguisher to put out the flames. Thinking that his son set the fire, the boy was punished. Oh, that sucks. Houck said that DeFord, that DeFord admitted to setting the fire, finally. Houck told the police about this incident right away. But he was not a credible witness. By the time DeFord went on trial, Hauk was in prison for kidnapping. <laughs> what kind of neighborhood is this? He had a previous record for burglary and possession of a controlled substance. So this is a really sweet, sweet neighborhood yeah. that Ray grew up in. After the fatal fire at Oakwood Park on June 28, 1996, Tom Martin DeFord and Carolyn DeFord were interviewed on TV and they talked about how their son... The hero rescued them from the flames. Police investigated the fire, investigating the fire soon heard rumors that Martin had been overheard bragging that he had escaped from a prison in the Southwest. 
Soon, the hero... And out of his bicycle? Would his bicycle... Did somebody drop a bicycle over the fence and he crashed the gates? I don't know what he's... Soon, the hero, Ray, was the main suspect. Ray said he thought the fire had been set by three kids from the neighborhood, that they were trying to pressure him into joining their gang. Oh, so see... Yeah, it's... I don't want to join your gang. I don't want to... Yeah. I want a needle point. Right. Well, yeah. I'm on the, I'm on the little league team, yeah. Boy Scouts and Cub Scouts. And this I kid work. really didn't have a chance. So no, he didn't. He got sad. hit in the head with a clipboard, and shot with a BB gun all the time. Yeah, and taught to make you know carbon cyanide gas. Yeah, cyanide gas. Yeah. When Ray was arrested for arson and murder, Martin said, "What we need now is Perry Mason to find out who's done this thing." Well, devil. They couldn't get Perry Mason. Could it they? did not take Perry Mason, but they had <sighs> Detective Michael O'Connell. Now, that's strange because when I was growing up, one of my friends was Michael O'Connell, and we stole a case of beer one time from a pony keg, climbed over a fence with barbed wire on it, got into the back storeroom, and got away with a case of quartz, Stroh's Quartz beer. Hmm. You know what it's like drinking warm quartz Stroh's beers? Uh, no, I do not. When you're 12 years old? I do not know. It does not take you long to vomit, devil. I bet not. And then we got caught and had to go back and explain ourselves to the store owner and work there for a week without pay. Anyway, Michael O'Connell, he was a ship from the sheriff's department. Ray confessed right away. The little bastard cracked under pressure. The detective said Ray was pretty flat about the whole thing and didn't seem to care much. He seemed to understand that eight people had died, but he didn't really seem to understand what it meant. Now, Tommy Carolyn claimed that O'Connell had coerced her son into confession. Carolyn believed it until she died of cancer in 51 and 2000. About nine months after the fire, Michael O'Connell had the duty of arresting Tom Martin, sending him back to New Mexico. Martin served a little over two years and was released in 1999. Some bitch still alive, driving a three-wheel bicycle around collecting cans in the Hillsboro, Oregon area. Ray faced trial for murder and arson, the youngest person ever charged with murder in Oregon. Ray was so young that he caused all kinds of problems for the system. Oregon's juvenile justice system was set up for children 12 and over. They waived his right to a verdict and sentence in 56 days so he could be tried as a juvenile after his first, after his 12th birthday. Oh, jeez. He is still in prison to this day. And that is the story of Ray. And fuck you, Timmy. We got a podcast done. Fuck you, Timmy. Yeah. So, Timmy, we hope you're having a good time over there. But fuck you, Timmy. That's exactly correct. Actually, you know what? I think we're going to rebrand the show. You know what the show's going to be called from now on? What? Fuck you, Timmy. That's got a ring to it. Mm -hmm. It rolls off the tongue a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a spinoff podcast just called... Fuck you, Timmy. We should call it Fuck You, Timmy. Yeah. We uh, would like to thank all our Patreon sponsors, but Timmy's got the list. So you know who you are. Yeah, thank and we you. Thank you. Yeah. And we thank you. And if you'd like to support us on Patreon, go to patreon.com backslash history dweebs where you can give a little, you can give a lot. Or, or just a wee little bit. Just a wee little bit. Just a wee little bit. Just a tip if you like. Excellent. Sweet. <laughs> You all know where to find us. You know where to find our page. Join the page. We have a great group over there and everything. Is there anything else that you would like to say? Charles? I am. I am. No, I'm. I'm proud of the script we put together. 
Yes. Jimmy didn't believe we could do it. So but we did it. I, the only thing that I can think to say about this whole thing, I don't know. How would you sum this up? Fuck you, Timmy. Fuck you, Timmy. There we go. Thank you, everyone. Have a great Memorial Day weekend, and we'll see you next time on History Dweebs. Good day. Bye-bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.